Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Go Forth and Golf. I'm your host, Steve Goforth, PGA instructor at Willow Creek Golf Club and owner of Go Forth Golf Instruction. I'm excited to bring this episode to you because I'm going to talk to you about how to choose the right grips for your golf clubs, whether you're buying a new set and you're putting grips on them or if you're regripping your set, how to go with the right one as far as the size, the style, and then how often should you regrip your golf clubs. I'm going to explain all that to you and make this a lot more simpler and it's going to make a lot of sense after you listen to this. And just, again, give you the confidence of getting the right grip on your club and therefore translating that confidence to a good swing. And then I'm also going to talk to you about the proper way to align yourself to a target, how to aim at a target, how to pick out a particular target to hit at and the strategy behind that, and also how to align yourself to it. Something that's really underestimated. Alignment is really important, and it's something that's not really focused on enough. And doesn't matter how good of a golf swing you have, if you're not aligning yourself to the target properly, it's not going to go where you want it to go. So alignment is really important. I'm going to dive into that and explain that to you in detail. Before I jump into the episode, I want to touch a little bit on what happened with Phil Mickelson. Wasn't that just a fantastic PGA Championship? We saw history in the making. Phil winning the PGA Championship at the age of 50, become the oldest golfer to do so in terms of winning a major thrilling tournament. If you listen to my prediction show, you heard how I talked about how that golf tournament was going to be full of excitement. A very difficult course. It was really going to challenge the golfers, and it certainly did that. Never in my wildest dreams did I think Phil was going to come out on top on that. I don't think anybody did. And it was such a pleasant surprise and a wonderful tournament to watch. And then, of course, during that tournament, we saw a little bit of uh, friction develop between Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka. Uh, that video of Brooks having that interview and Bryson walking behind him has gone viral. If you haven't had a chance to look at that yet, go out and, and Google that. I don't think you have a problem finding it out there now. But uh, definitely stirring up some controversy, you know, and uh, I, I think that's part of what they want to do. Of course, the PGA put out that incentive several months back of golfers that could move the needle and get some talk created around the PGA Tour and themselves. And I want to kind of touch on that a little bit because I think it's really interesting. I find it ironic that this happened between Brooks and DeChambeau. And don't get me wrong, I really feel like there's some animosity there between the two of those guys. I generally feel like they don't like each other. That's obvious. But I think they're taking that and they're they're using that to bring that awareness, maybe get some more views, maybe to get some more eyeballs on the game of golf. And I think that's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I want to go over this with you because I, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Bleacher Report put out a report back in April talking about the PGA Tour is going to add a $40 million bonus pool for 10 players who move the needle. And the memo was sent to players stating that the top 10 finishers will receive a bonus and the rankings will be determined by the following criteria. And I'm going to list those here. The position on the season-ending FedEx Cup points list, their popularity in a Google search, that kind of falls in line with that uh, saga that's going on there, their Nielsen brand exposure rating, which places a value on the exposure a player delivers to sponsors through the minutes they are featured on a broadcast, their Q rating, which measures the familiarity and appeal of a player's brand, 
their MVP index rating, which calibrates the value of the engagement a player drives across social and digital channels. There again, falls in line with that. And then their meltwater mentions or the frequency with which a player generates coverage across a range of media platforms. So I really feel like this situation between these two guys falls in line with that bonus incentive that the PGA is putting out there. Again, don't want to take anything away from their animosity. I really feel like that's true. But let me pose a question to you. I mean, if these two guys are paired together during a golf tournament, especially if it's the final round of a golf tournament coming down the stretch and neither one of these two guys can win, are you going to tune in? Absolutely you are. I know I am. And it's going to make me more interested in watching this golf tournament because I want to see that tension, that heat between these two guys. So I think it's a great idea. I think that it definitely brings some more attention to the game. I don't like negative attention, personally. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of a person that tries to stay drama-free. So, you know, I try to get along with everybody the best of my ability. So I, I don't like to see friction between people like that. But I will say it is a little entertaining. And as long as they keep it friendly, uh, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And I think hopefully they'll do that. It didn't seem too friendly in that video that they put out there. But there's a lot of people that like that, and they, they're drawn to that, and it makes them more interested in what's happening. It's going to be interesting to see what happens between these two guys and, and where their feud goes. I think we've seen some classic feuds over the years, whether it be Phil and Tiger or if it was Jack and Arnie. Whoever it may have been, they always kept it friendly, but you could tell there was definitely a rivalry there. This could be the start of a new one. We'll wait and see. But I want to talk about that with you. And if you have any comments towards that or your opinions, please feel free to reach out to me. If you see me in the golf shop, come up and talk to me about it or shoot me an email, whatever the case may be. I'd love to hear your take on it and how excited or non-excited you may be about this new rivalry that we're seeing. All right, so without further ado, let's jump right into episode number 21. Let's tee it up. Oh, he got all of that one. The grips on your golf club is extremely important. It's something that's overlooked by a ton of golfers. You want to really focus on your grip because that is the one thing that is your direct connection to the golf club. And if you're going to select the wrong style or the wrong size, then you may be greatly affecting the performance of your golf shot. So that's why I want to talk to you about the importance of choosing the right grip. Not only just the style of the grip, but the size of the grip, but also I want to explain to you when should you re-grip your clubs because I've run into a situation a lot where I'll look at a student's clubs and they're really worn and that worn grip could really affect how they perform on the golf course with their golf clubs. As you know, if you follow my background, you follow this podcast, a lot of my background comes from club fitting and I was a grip specialist for many years and I have a lot of expertise in advising golfers in the size of the grip and the style and re-gripping clubs. So pay close attention to this part of the podcast and I hope you walk away with the knowledge that you need to choose the right grip for you. So let's jump right in and talk about the size of the grip you should go with on your golf clubs. So before I talk about choosing the best size grip for your golf clubs, I want you to pause the podcast for a second. Go grab your golf club, come back, unpause it, and I'm going to explain to you how to tell if your grip is too small or too big just by placing your hands on it. So go do that now. Okay, so assuming you went and grabbed that golf club, I want you to take that golf club and put it in your left hand if you're a right-handed golfer or that's your top hand, or if you're a left-handed golfer, it would be your right hand, that's your top hand. 
So I'm going to talk to you as if you're a right-handed golfer right now. So you're going to put that grip in your hand, and you want to look, you're going to wrap it around the grip, and how you want to judge the size of the grip is where your middle finger and your third finger there, it's next to your pinky finger, how that's digging into your palm or the thumb pad. So if you're gripping it in the middle and the third finger there is digging into your palm, that means that that grip's too small for you. If you're not touching at all on those two fingers, that means that the grip is a little too big for you. And if it's just barely resting right there on the palm or the thumb pad, that means that grip size should be good for you. So again, digging in with the fingers means it's too small. Not touching at all means it's too big. And barely touching or just resting there on the palm or the thumb pad means it's just the right grip size for you. But let me tell you what it'll do to your game if you go with the wrong size. So if you go with a grip that's too big, then what that's going to do is just hinder your ability to rotate your hands and that club face through the impact zone, thus leaving the face open, causing that push or slice or block out to the right. The opposite of that, if your grip's too small and your hands are digging in, then what that's going to do is cause you to get real handsy, maybe flippy with the club. You're going to over-rotate the face of the club. It's going to hook it or pull it left. So too big, block right, slice, too small hook or pull to the left. The other thing you want to consider here is you want to make sure that all of your clubs have the same consistency when it comes to grip size. Because if you have that inconsistency with your clubs, you're going to not really have that consistent feel. And you may pull one or block one if one's too big, one too small. I will say this, it's common for golfers to go with a larger grip with their wedges example say they're standard size with all other grips but they decide to go with mid or oversize with their wedges what that does is it reduces the amount of hands involved in the shot maybe they get a little flippy with the hands over rotate going a bigger grip will kind of quiet the hands a little bit more and help you be a little bit more precise with those wedge shots so it's not uncommon to go a little bit bigger with the wedges another thing to think about here is golf pride has what they call their plus four grip and what that's doing for you is it's actually making the bottom hand so if you're a right-handed golfer your right hand your lower hand it's going to be a little bit larger and that's going to reduce any tension that you may have in your hands and that lack of tension will then help you generate more power and then rotate that club face a little bit easier square it up so a great invention by golf pride again that's the plus four grip Again, grip size, really, really important. Make sure you focus on that. Go to a grip specialist. Go to your golf professional. Come to me if you'd like, and I'll be happy to tell you or show you how to measure that grip size if you're there in person with me. Most golf repair shops or golf stores can also help you with that. Go to someone local in your area, re-grip specialist, and they'll be happy to assist you with finding that right size for you. So let's jump into the different style grips and what you want to consider when trying to choose the best style grip for your golf clubs. There are different golf grip manufacturers out there. Golf Pride, Lambkin, and Wind Grips. Those are your three most popular ones out there. Super Stroke is starting to make a, a huge splash when it comes to club grips. Of course, they're extremely popular when it comes to putter grips. Putter grips we're going to talk about in another episode, just in case you're wondering if I don't talk about putter grips, that's a whole other episode in itself and choosing the right putter grip for you. My main focus in this podcast is just explaining to you and helping you feel more comfortable with the proper club grip that you want to go with. Let's talk. Let's go into a little bit more detail about the style grip. I get the question a lot, should I go win? Should I go Golf Pride? Should I go Lambkin? Golf Pride, Lambkin, they're kind of on the same ball field. They have a similar product to each other. Win is completely different. As you know, Win has softer grips. 
Wynn likes to go for feel, comfort, shock absorption when they design their grips. I used to tell people a lot, when you go with wind grips, you're kind of giving up durability for comfort. You may have to get wind grips regripped a little bit more often, but some golfers are totally okay with that. They would rather get their grips regripped more often because they really love the comfort that wind brings them when they put that golf club in their hand. So wind grips will definitely reduce that amount of tension in your hands, which obviously gives you that smoother swing and when you have that enhanced comfort, when you feel good, when that club feels good in your hand, it makes a huge difference, doesn't it? And I tell you, when you go and regrip your golf clubs, it's like getting a brand new set of clubs sometimes. And that's why I really wanted to talk about grips with you today because putting a brand new set on there could make a huge difference to your game. And that's why I want to explain all this stuff to you. Wind is also really good for those golfers who may suffer from a little bit of arthritis in the hands or maybe you had a hand injury. That comfort, that shock absorption that I was talking about earlier, that will really help reduce the amount of pain that you may have in your hands. Also, going maybe a bigger grip so you don't have to grip it quite as hard, that can also help you as well. As long as that bigger grip's not hindering you from rotating the club face, like I mentioned earlier, it will give you the ability to grip it a little bit lighter so you don't have that tension in the hands, you don't have that pain in the hands and in the fingers. Going with a grip that's a little too hard in your hand, say like a cord grip, for example, sometimes your mishits may create that stinging feel in your hands or, or that shock and vibration in the hands. I will say that if your hands sweat a lot, you may need to go with a cord grip. I play the Golf Pride New Decade Multi-Compound Grip, so that top hand, my lead hand, my left hand, it has cord in it, so that just gives me more stability for that lead hand, but yet my bottom hand, the right hand, doesn't have cord in it because I'm not wearing a glove with that hand. So I have that comfort in my right hand, but that stability in my left. My hands tend to sweat a little bit when I'm on the golf course, and that, again, gives me the stability that I'm looking for. Just the opposite of a harder grip, you may have something that's too soft. So maybe you put a wind grip on there, and that purely struck shot just doesn't have that pure feel to it because it just doesn't feel right. So it really just boils down to personal preference. It boils down to the hand size, like I mentioned to you earlier, and the feel. Feel is huge when it comes to this game, as all of you know. Maybe it's a situation where you put a grip on one of your clubs, like say your seven iron, you put a golf prod, and then on your eight iron, you put a win. You kind of experiment with it a little bit. That way you're not investing a lot of money in an entire set. You're just out there in a test phase to figure out which one is best for you. I've done that a lot over my career. I had a golfer come into the golf shop and just wasn't sure what they should go with. So we tried what I just mentioned. They come back to me and said, yep, I'm going with the win, or no, I'm going with the golf prod. Let's do the whole set that way. So a great approach if you're not sure what route to go. Another thing I want to mention to you is that the composition of grip, whether you're going with Lampkin, whether you're going with Wynn, whether you're going with Golf Pride, try to keep it the same because that's going to produce consistency and feel throughout all of your golf clubs. Say you have a wind grip on four of your clubs and then the rest of you have Golf Pride. When you go from club to club, there's just that inconsistency with feel. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's some golfers that prefer that. But I will say that when you have the same grip across your entire set, you're going to have more consistency. When you put that golf club in your hand, you're going to have not only just the consistency, but more confidence because it's the same exact feel no matter what club you have in your hand, whether you're teeing it up with your driver or you've got a 60-degree lob wedge to knock it close for that birdie or par save, the consistency is huge. Whatever you do, whatever style you go with, just make sure it's comfortable to you because if it's uncomfortable, 
it's going to be really difficult when you get over the golf ball to make a good swing. That confidence won't be there. That comfort won't be there. And chances are you're not going to put a consistent, confident swing on that golf ball. So just make sure you go with something that feels comfortable to you no matter what. All right, so let's go into when should you regrip your clubs and evaluating that process and evaluating that time period on when that should happen. So if you're looking at your grips, you want to see, number one, is there wear and tear on them? That basic wear and tear, that thumb print that's on there. Sometimes when we grip it too tight, wind grips, like I said earlier, will wear a little bit quicker, especially where the thumbs are on the golf club. Or if you see a lot of shine on it, say it's a Golf Pride Tour Velvet grip or a Tour Wrap. If that grip has a lot of shine to it, then you're when you put it in the sunlight, it's time to replace it. You don't want to see that shine on the grip. If that golf club's too slick or it's too worn, you're going to have a really difficult time maintaining the control of the club face with your hands. Now, of course, if you don't have control of that club face, it's going to lead to a poorly struck shot. And it's going to result in that lack of confidence I mentioned to you earlier because you're not going to be hitting your targets. You're going to create a lot of tension within your body. You're going to start gripping the club tighter and tighter, not even realize it. Also, when you go and get your golf clubs re-gripped, Make sure it's properly installed. So again, make sure you're seeking out a club repair specialist, a grip expert that knows how to put these grips on there because if you're not installed properly, it's really going to cause that inconsistency that I've been talking to you about and also properly aligned. So you want to make sure that the grip is aligned properly because if it's not, it's going to be difficult to place your hands on that club consistently. Going back to Golf Pride, they do make a grip called the... Align tech and what that does is it promotes more consistency in your hand placement. It's like a, a ridge down the back part of that grip, and you feel that ridge in your fingers, you know you've got it in the right spot. If you remember back in the day, they used to have ribbed grips, so they had this rib down the back part of the grip. It was just a way for you to know that you had that grip in your fingers. So, great alignment aid that Golf Pride has created for you. Again, just to produce more consistency in where you're putting that golf club in your hand. Getting those golf clubs re-gripped, I'm telling you, it makes a big difference. It feels like a brand new golf club. I used to get the question a lot of how often should I re-grip my clubs? Standard practice on that is to get your golf clubs re-gripped about once a year or maybe every 40 rounds. That's, again, a typical industry standard on when you should get your clubs re-gripped. Obviously, when you start seeing that shine or that wear on the grip, that's the other indicator for you. When you go and re-grip your golf clubs, that may be a point in time you want to consider, hey, I'm, I'm ready to make a switch. I've been playing Golf Pride Tour Velvet all this time. Maybe I should go with a Golf Pride Multi-Compound, or maybe I should go the other extreme and go a wind grip. Whatever you choose on that, that's the great time to reevaluate that feel or the look or the size of the grip for your golf clubs. Can't emphasize enough the importance of seeking out a club repair specialist to help you with this process because they're trained in this. I went through that training. I researched a lot of grips. So I want to make sure that when a golfer come to me, I'm going to advise them on the best grip to go with. Please seek out someone like that because that's going to make this process so much easier for you, and you're going to be able to pinpoint together what grip's going to be best to help enhance your golf game and get you hitting those golf shots a lot better. 
In summary, I hope you understand now the significance of the grips on your golf clubs and how the condition of them, the style of them, the size of them are important to your golf swing. And it's going to help really influence your ability to control that club head and to put a consistent golf swing, a confident golf swing over that golf ball and help you square that golf club a whole lot easier. The great Ben Hogan once said the grip, which is the placement of the hands onto the handle of the club, is the heartbeat of the golf swing. And he is dead on it when he said that. It is the heartbeat because that is the one thing, that, that first connection between you and that golf club. So it's really important to make sure that that's the right fit for you. That being the case, it just makes total sense to have the best grip on your golf clubs and make it easy and also make it comfortable for you to put that confident swing and that consistent swing on the golf ball. Just remember when that golf club feels good in your hand, it's going to make you a better golfer and it's going to enhance your feel and it's going to give you the ability to put a consistent golf swing on that golf ball and give you the results that you're looking for. Good luck in finding that right grip for your game and feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. There's a force in the universe that makes things happen. And all you have to do is get in touch with it. Stop thinking. Let things happen. And be the ball. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out Pure on Main. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville across from the Hyatt and another location on Cannon Street in beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products allowing you to live a healthier, more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Do you want to improve your endurance, increase your mobility in your golf swing, or get rid of joint pains? I can assure you Betsy and her staff are passionate about helping you improve your life. They have stores filled with beneficial items for your body and your soul. They also provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend top-of-the-line products that are results-driven. I get all of my wellness supplements from them, and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com where you can purchase their phenomenal products or you can visit their downtown locations in Greenville and Greer. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure on Maine. You won't regret it. Before we jump into the next segment, I want to thank you very much for your support of this podcast. I ask that you please share this podcast with your golfing group, your friends, your family, anyone who shares your passion or your interest in golf please tell them about this podcast. The more people I can reach, the more people I can help, the more we can grow this game. Remember, the whole purpose of this podcast is to inspire, is to educate, and is to entertain you. And I hope I'm doing all that through this podcast for you each and every episode. Also, share it on social media. You're welcome to tag me in that post. Anybody who shares my podcast and they tag me in it, you're going to automatically be put into a drawing for a free 30-minute golf lesson. So if you want a free lesson, go out there, just click the share button, tag me, real simple. Put it out there to your friends, family, on social media, and you have a chance of winning that free 30-minute golf lesson with me. 
Also, please visit my website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Again, that's GoForthGolfInstruction.com. You can also follow me on social media. It's at GoForthGolfInstruction on Facebook. It's sgoforth underscore PGA on Instagram. And it's at GoForthGolf on Twitter. And also, come see us at Willow Creek. Set up a tee time by calling us or going on our website and booking your tee time there. You can learn everything you need to know about Willow Creek Golf Club on our website. We'd love to see you. Thank you again for your support. Now let's head into the next segment. You can have the most consistent golf swing in the world and strike it so pure, but it doesn't matter if you're not aligning yourself properly to your target or if you're not identifying the target you're trying to hit out the proper way. And that's some of the things I'm going to talk to you about. Aiming at your target, aligning yourself to your target is super, super important, but also the strategy behind picking out your target is also equally important. So get ready to take some notes. I'm going to dive right in and make you much better at aligning yourself to your target. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? First off, I want you to develop a routine when it comes to aligning yourself to your target. I want that routine to start behind the golf ball. So you always want to go behind the golf ball. Start there. Number one, let's identify what your target is. And in doing so, it could be a, a number of things. It could be... The 150-yard post we have in our fairways at Willow Creek. It could be a cart sign out in the distance. It could be a tree branch you see on a tree that's beyond your fairway. It could be a gap in those trees. It could be the flag itself. Something you want to identify that is really small because the mentality you want to have is that you're not trying to hit the dartboard. So if you've ever played darts, you've never thrown a dart just to hit the dartboard, right? You're trying to aim your dart at the bullseye. And if you miss that bullseye, pretty much going to still hit the dartboard. So you're really defining that target down. So the key here is just identify what your bullseye is going to be. If you miss that tiny target, likely you're going to still hit your fairway. Fairway in this case is the dartboard. So look at something or find something really small out there to identify as your bullseye. Once you've done that, I want you to visualize your shot. As you're standing behind the ball, see the shot literally flying in the air at the trajectory you want it to be at, at the flight pattern, whether it's a fade, draw, or a straight shot. Whatever it is you're trying to achieve, I want you to literally visualize that shot. Jack Nicklaus was wonderful at this. He would almost play a movie in his head of what that shot looked like as it took off from the club face and went out to his target and landed where it ended up, all those things. Get as detailed as you possibly can. The more you visualize that, the better chance you have of pulling the shot off. Because if your brain sees something, the body's going to do everything it can to produce whatever the brain's seeing. You never want to get up there and see yourself hitting in the trees or see yourself hitting in the water. More than likely, you're going to do that. That's why you may play victim to that if you've ever hit that errant shot into the area you didn't want to go to. The mind doesn't hear the word don't. Don't hit it in the water. Don't hit it in trees. All it hears is hit it in the water, hit it in the trees. So you just want to really visualize the shot you're trying to hit. Have that small target. So again, you want to start behind the golf ball. Pick out your target. Pick out your bullseye. And visualize the shot you're trying to hit because we're getting ready to step in to the setup position where the alignment part is also important. I'm going to talk to you about that. Okay, so we visualized our shot. We've identified our target. We're ready to go. So when you're behind the golf ball, you want to find a spot in front of your ball. I would say no more than a foot in front of it because you go further than that, it's going to be really difficult to align your club face to it. So find a spot on the ground that's in line with your target, roughly a foot in front of your golf ball. 
Once you found that, it could be a, a leaf, it could be a tall piece of grass, it could be a divot in front of your ball, whatever it is, you'll see something out there that'll be kind of in line with your target. Once you've identified it, walk into your setup position. I want you to take your club face and point it at that spot. Always start with your club face first because I see a lot of golfers be errant in their alignment because they start with the body first. So sit that club face down, point it at your spot, and then once you've done that, you want to kind of envision an imaginary line between your club face or the golf ball and that spot because the closer it is to your golf ball, the easier it is to, to visualize that line. Once you see that or visualize that line between your spot and the golf ball, step in with your feet and your feet, your hips, and your shoulders need to be parallel to that line. You almost It's almost like you're setting up a set of train tracks. So the outside side of the tracks is your target line, the golf ball to your spot. And the inside set of tracks is your feet, hips, shoulders. And just like railroad tracks, they run parallel to each other. So your feet, hips, shoulders should always run parallel left if you're a right-handed golfer to your target line, which you've established already that target line by finding the spot in front of your golf ball in line with that target that you've already picked out for yourself. Just make sure you have that routine. That's really important because when you have that routine, you're going to stick to that. You're going to really give yourself a better chance of being consistent with this alignment process. Rather than going in a different order each time and how you do this, you tend to forget things. So find that routine and stick to that. Because when you're in a situation where you're frustrated or you're angry or you're scared, or you're nervous, that happens. All those emotions go through us on the golf course. When you're in that position, when you, when you have that routine to go through, you're going to stay more focused on the moment. You're going to stay more focused on that shot you're trying to hit, therefore giving you less of a chance to make a mistake. So again, when you're aligning yourself to the target, I want you to pick a spot in front of your ball, no, for, no more than a foot in front of your ball in line with your target. I want you to set your club face down and point it at that spot. Then I want you to visualize a straight line between your golf ball and that spot you picked. And then lastly, you're going to get your feet, your hips, and your shoulders parallel to that target line, which end up being parallel left of your target. You can go out and get an alignment stick, throw your alignment stick down between your feet and the golf ball as you're practicing on the right, on the driving range. That'll help you stay consistent with that. And putting those alignment sticks down, whether it be on your target line or between your ball and your feet, you can see those sticks parallel to each other. And having that visual really helps you see that a lot better and understand what I'm trying to explain to you right now. So I hope that helps you when it comes to picking out your target. So always have a very defined target. Start behind the golf ball. Find that target. Find your bullseye. Visualize your golf shot. Once you've done that, go into your alignment process, making sure you're consistent with that, making sure you have that routine every single time you swing your golf club. More so on the golf course, you don't necessarily have to do that every single time you hit a range ball, starting behind it. You've got one single target you're hitting at typically. When you switch up your target, certainly you want to do that again when you're on the range. But once you have that one target you're hitting at for a series of swings, put your alignment stick down there and make sure that you're staying aligned to that, to that target you're practicing at on the driving range. Please don't ever underestimate the importance of alignment and being target specific because these things are basic things that even tour players really stress to themselves. A lot of times you'll see tour players out on the driving range hitting golf balls, and sometimes they're going through real simple things like alignment. 
You may think that they're working on complex swing adjustments, but they're really not in some cases. They're just working on the basics, making sure they're gripping in a certain way, making sure they're aligning themselves properly, whether they're trying to hit a straight ball, they're trying to hit a fade, they're trying to hit a draw. It all comes down to the basics and being target-specific, alignment, are basic things that we sometimes take for granted. And because we do take it for granted, they get overlooked. And then therefore, we're making really good golf swings out there, but it's not going at our target because we're not following these steps. Good luck to you. I hope you start hitting more targets and lowering those scores. Congratulations on completing episode 21. Thank you so very much for taking the time to press the play button no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. I cannot thank you enough for your time and for your dedication to this podcast. Remember, you can always go back and listen again if you want to take notes on anything you've heard in this episode. And I encourage you to take out your tablet, take out your notepad, take out your phone, take out your laptop. Just take out something and write down notes. Doing this will just help you retain that information you've heard a whole lot better, and it's truly going to make you a student of the game. Also, remember, you can go back in the archives and listen to an episode maybe you haven't heard yet, or maybe it's one you have. You just want to replay it and and listen again to some of the tips that I gave you. Always know those archives, the previous 20 episodes that I've done are out there for you to listen to, so don't forget about that. Don't forget to tell people you know about the podcast and just help me grow the game of golf. Help me grow this golfing community and help me grow my audience. Your help and your consideration on this is always tremendously appreciated. So I thank you so much for that. Don't forget that episode number 22 will drop on June the 16th. Remember my episodes drop the first and the third Wednesday of the month. So June 16th will be the next drop of the podcast. In that episode, I'm going to do my U.S. Open preview and predictions. Don't want to miss out on that. And also, I'm going to talk to you about the body sequence that you need to have on your downswing. This is a question I get a lot. What's the first thing that needs to happen in my downswing? Do my arms drop? Does my hips move? Does my rotation begin from the upper body? Does it start from the hips? All these questions that people have and concerns they have about What should happen on the downswing? What happens first? I'm going to go into detail and explain the body sequence that you should have on your downswing, which is really going to help you a lot in terms of understanding how the body works and how we can deliver that golf club to the golf ball a lot more consistently. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your drives long and straight. I hope you hit more greens in regulation, and I hope you drain more putts. And most importantly, have fun. I tell you that at the end of every episode because I truly mean it, because it's the most important thing we need to focus on. That's why we play this game, because we love it and because we have fun doing it. Don't lose sight of that. Don't beat yourself up on those bad shots. Have a good time out there. Don't forget to do something nice for somebody today. And remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.